Welcome to Why Won't This Pidgey Get in a Pokeball, a brand new podcast. <laughs> Battle Professional. <laughs> oh, a segment of Why Won't the Pidgey Get in the Pokeball. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of the Battle Science Podcast, the Pokemon Go Podcast, PvP Podcast. We talk about Go Battle League, Self Arena. And how the rest of Pokemon Go relates to PvP. I am one of your hosts, Steven, aka A Boy in the Woods, joined as always by Jesse Rocket Admin J. How's it going, everyone? It is Tuesday. I almost said January. February 23rd, 2021. Man, we're almost in March, and it's hard to imagine. Oh, let's hop into i'm doing some flex poses and no one can see because we never use webcams it's madonna's god look at my muscles my gleaming my gleaming muscles that are totally not in my imagination only <clears throat> this past weekend was a was a thing jesse it was a thing we had a thing this weekend do you remember what the i thing think was? a lot of people had a thing a lot of people and for some thing. people it was a good thing mm. and for a good portion it was a bad thing i i have a horsey on my incense I mean, I almost feel like I should pop an incense now if you're getting such random spawns that aren't just Pikachu. I'm not getting... Oh, by the way, Pikachu spotlight hour as of this recording. Yeah, I'm getting like three... I've gotten three or four Pikachu over the course of this first half hour. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Mileage may vary. So This weekend was... I'm going to stop playing Koi here. We had the Kanto Tour. Pokemon Tour Kanto. I can never remember how they phrase it specifically. We had the big old Kanto event. A 12-hour? 12-hour? Was it 12-hour? 9 to 9. 9 to 9. A 12-hour event of Kanto spawns. And... Exclusively Kanto spawns, unless you were using a glacial, glacial or magnetic, magnetic. or uh, what's the grass one? Mossy. Mossy. Lord. Then you that were seeing. Funny. Then you were seeing other stuff, and it was a <laughs> gave me a giggle. It gave me a giggle to see a couple of stuff. Scarberry, yeah. you're in the wrong region. You're in the wrong region, Scarberry. What are you doing here? <clears throat> it was kind of funny if somebody, you know, I imagine not everyone's buying tons of just standard lures. And so if you have the couple of bonus lures, the couple of ones you've gotten from previous research and stuff, you know, you might as well use them. Everyone's out playing. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, even course... that was still a good way to get some of those like Geodude and Onyx outside of their event window. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a little bit, it's a little bizarre because those spawn tables are pretty constant. Yeah. So. The Lairon. <laughs> yeah. Aeron and Laron. I think I have one in the middle of my Kanto spawns. I can like look back through my Pokemon box. Let's where, let's see where are we start. Where are we start? Let's start. Let's start. Did you with, pick your version? Uh, did, yes, I picked my <laughs> version. I picked green version. I'm wearing the hat still. <clears throat> no, I don't want to tap on my buddies. I want to tap on me, my style. I'm wearing the green version hat. I'm a little sad that they didn't have blue version. I mean, it it's it makes it's a global event. Was was blue version exclusively North America? Green was exclusive to Japan. Green was exclusive to Japan. That's kind of weird that they would go with 
They would wouldn't even reference blue version. Is it is it weird? No. Oh uh, nope, not shiny Pikachu. So you went with red, I went with green. I don't think we saw anyone that went with green there locally. None of our friends grabbed green. Chris did, but he didn't wasn't able to hang out with us. Right. Uh, which means he needs to grab a Meowth and trade it to TJ because I actually don't have any Meowth left. Um, <laughs> TJ, if you're listening to this, we need to get those trades done. <laughs> the So you grabbed red. TJ grabbed red. His girlfriend also had gotten red. Yep. So I was the odd man out. The I went with green specifically for Vulpix. Didn't get a shiny Vulpix. Got plenty of other shinies, though, so I'm not... Shiny Vulpix isn't going away. I'm not incredibly disappointed. There will be other opportunities to get to get the Vulpix that I, I so choose, and that's a sparrow on the incense. Why would you do this? Uh, that was actually one of the rare shinies of the event. The shiny Vulpix? The Sparrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shiny Sparrow just, like, wasn't... It wasn't popping for anybody, so it seemed bizarre. I was able to get my one, and then I was like, okay, well, I just need to evolve this. Mm, I didn't see any... I don't think I didn't hear anything about TJ finding one. If it'll let me tap on this, nope, this one's not shiny. That's too bad. So what but was yeah, your so what was your thought was with the different bonuses between the different versions? Yep. Well, the the specific incense spawns was basically it. Yeah. Um, and then the couple of pieces of uh, trainer gear that you would get uh, per completion of challenges. So what was your thought on the spawn difference and like your reasoning behind going with red? I went with red because I was going to, well, originally I was under the impression that red was going to have incense spawns of Lickitung. And it seems like it did have a good amount, but at the same time they added it to that roster of limited spawns. Something that was... Outside of the incense. Yeah. I also went with red because I wanted to try and farm up XL candy for certain things like uh, Drowsy, uh, Scyther, and, and Ponyta. And how did that go for you? I got a lot of Scyther. A lot of Scyther. I now have 136 XL candy for Scyther. Mm -hmm. And that will be one that does Mega here in the future as Mega Scizor. Mm -hmm. So that is something I will have available as an option. Um I mean, the one thing I wanted for the event, and I know a lot of people on our Discord, Jmar, Winston the Champ, and myself, I probably spent over $20 trying to find the elusive shiny Snorlax and was unable to get it. That's $20 after the free passes, mm. both in the remote and regular. Because they gave, what, three, three, four remote rate three? passes? Three free remote passes, and then I think five or seven free premium passes. Which I think gave you just enough, if not a little bit more, passes to get all of your raids done. If you're in, yes. if you're able to participate in an area where other people were doing the raids, um, like realistic, realistically, if you're playing remote. Um, and you're only able to do remote raids, trying to coordinate for those raid battles and get those legendary Pokemon are uh, there were actually the legendaries and the regionals. 
Yeah, so if you count the legendaries and the regionals, there were nine that you had to collect. Yeah. Actually, I can pull up that research here because it's still on... Still available to look at. That's the nearby. I always get those mixed up. I'll hit (laughs) one button and then hit the other. So let's see. Red, trade, research. So the raid. Yeah, the three legendary birds, Mewtwo... Tauros, Mr. Mime, Kangaskhan, and Farfetch'd. Which you actually got the shiny, you got the shiny Farfetch'd, which was was dope. That was not something I was expecting. (laughs) Just like we pulled off to the side because we needed to do the Farfetch'd, and I got it, and I was like, oh, pick a duck. Um, Let's see. So the raids were... We'll go back to the research here in a minute. Uh, raids, legendaries, nine free raid passes during the event by spinning gems. Regional exclusive Pokemon from Kanto will be available as raid bosses. Those were available everywhere. I think that was one of the, no, I think our biggest, bigger question is when the XL or not XL, when the megas of each Pokemon come out, will they still be regional? And I think if they showed up here in the raids, I don't think there's a reason why when they show up as megas they won't show up globally yeah yeah because they've been out uh, often enough this is my fourth caterpie on this incense i swear the i think at this point it doesn't make sense to continue like it makes sense to make them consistently regional but it doesn't make sense to release them megas as regional and and keep that i would say regional raids yeah because sure, you can connect with the community and join players in other parts of the world, but I feel like that's a huge stressor on those people that are obviously going to be the more popular ones, such as like Heracross. People from Florida aren't going to want to host people from all over the world all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I would be kind of curious to see. I mean, Niantic would make arguably more money with remote rate with making them still regional and requiring players to use the remote raid yeah, passes. Um, yeah. But the the player in me wants to see them change that and go with just global. Make it a global release of the megas because they've been released in events 3 4 5 times now. They're... Not to mention that also just kind of if it ever does become com- if megas do become competitive. Yeah. That's an incredible imbalance for people that don't have access to those resources. Yeah, although realistically, like we haven't seen the we haven't seen the base forms perform well enough of any of those Pokemon. Um, like Kangaskhan's got some good moves, but it would be really interesting. Um, trying to think of the other of those the Kanto regionals currently. Mister Mime might be Mister Mime's never saw, seen any play. Um, Tauros has never seen any play competitively. There are better Pokemon with each of their respective typings and roles and movesets. So. Right. I think of the regionals, Kangaskhan is the only one that evolves other than for Gen 1. But if we go on further, there's more of that. Right, as far as Megas. Let's see. Do we want to go? Let's go back over to the research then. So the okay. ten different collection challenges to complete that included the raids, the the version exclusives. So if you had green version, your your green exclusives. If you had red, your red exclusives. 
the trades from the other version exclusives. And then each of the, what was it, four different regions in the hour-long blocks? The cities? Because one of the, were were they all cities or wasn't one of them? One was the Indigo Plateau. Right. And then the last one was the, was it National League or? No, that's the Pokemon League. That's what I meant by the Indigo Plateau. Oh, okay. So you had Pallet Town, what was it, Pallet, Cerulean, Pewter. Pallet, Pallet, Pewter, Cerulean, Fuchsia, and then the Pokemon League. Right. And they were broken up to, for the most part, broken up into types. So Pewter and Cerulean were more electric, uh, more split um, amongst themselves. I would say Cerulean was almost exclusively water type. I don't think I saw any other types shown in that region. There was Jigglypuff was the only non-water. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't in that region. I wasn't like super excited for the Pokemon in that. In that hour-long block? was. <laughs> um, huh? Sorry. What did you say? I was. Oh, you were? What were you looking for? The carp. Oh, that's right, because you needed the magic carp candy. Yes, I did. There's a seagull on my incense. The, let's see, what was my... Honestly, I think I liked the Pallet Town's diversity. And then the Indigo Plateau, just because it had Dratini. It had Dratini <laughs> and a handful of others that were, were pretty solid to keep an eye out for. Yeah. I appreciated that it rotated through twice. I think that the very... I can't remember what came first. If the GoFest... I'm pretty sure GoFest came after, but the alternating spotlight hours of the different types, where it was like the dark and water with Caravana spawning the entire time, GoFest was out before all that. Okay, because I'm trying to think of, like, they've built up to... They've built up the systems and mechanics and spawn, like, variances for this kind of event for a long while fixed, now. Fixed pool spawns. Yes. We've seen this before. We, I, I want to call the Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Go Tour Kanto as basically GoFest 1.5 or 1.2. Because it it plays incredibly similarly, but it builds on some of the mechanics and stuff. Um, So the spawns and such, the way the spawns worked, the the spawns breaking out. The biomes that they've done in the past. Yeah, biomes. I think it it works. It it worked pretty well. Um, It differentiated and made you you go through it. This is somebody. I think maybe we should have. said earlier we played for basically the entire entire time frame so we didn't come in halfway through we are our experience was playing basically the event from start to finish i had some goals jesse had some goals we tried to catch you know particular pokemon we looked out for particular spawns uh we got the trades done we wanted to try and just get the um it was more of like just catching and looking for specific stuff the the trainer battles and stuff were around, but they weren't like the our main focus was like catching and looking for specific Pokemon, um, <clears throat> as as our experience versus you know if people came in halfway through they probably might not have had as reasonable of a time than than we did. 
I think the biggest complaint going off of that was the people that were stuck at home that couldn't complete all of the research because of the limitations of not being able to leave their house. Uh huh. One of the things that I saw that thankfully I don't have haven't seen a problem with personally was the amount of candy they had. They didn't have enough candy to evolve. I want to say specifically it was Victory Bell. Yeah. Uh, Blossom into or um, Bell Sprout into Victory Bell. Oddish into Victory. Oh no, you're right, Victory Bell. Yeah. Which Oddish. is Bell really Sprout. yeah. Blech. Which was a really interesting problem for me to find out because i mean thankfully i still had candy i haven't you know evolved or maxed out victory bell so i still have candy i was able to evolve that particular one there was one or two pokemon that i was looking at that had just enough candy to do at least one evolution if not two now i haven't completed all of my evolutions for the challenge yet but so far i haven't had any issues with candy but with something like Bellsprout and a couple of others being version exclusive, there's no real easy way to get additional candy. They put some pieces of research on stops to get additional candy for non-version ex- or for the version exclusives of the version you don't have, but you would have to go out and spend the stops and get those research, which so, if you're stuck at home, you can't do. Before we move on to that, if anybody from Niantic is listening, or anybody knows anybody that works at Niantic that listens, or anybody listening that knows people, I think a really great add-on in the game, personally, would be on the Pokestop, put some sort of icon telling people what the research is. Because if I'm looking, if I'm one of these people that, one of the biggest complaints I heard over the weekend was people that haven't played in 2016, people that are just starting to get into the game, or maybe played a month or two when they first came out and they're now coming back. Kind of going off what Steven was saying about not having enough candy to evolve certain Pokemon. So like for me, I only have the one Bell Sprout you traded me. And I've been playing since I've got the I've been playing since 2016 actively uh-huh. tag. And I have oodles and boodles of Bell Sprout candy. But someone that's coming into this event maybe their first time might not have that. And if I'm playing red version Outside of those research, I don't have any way to get uh, extra Bell Sprout candy unless I want to dump rare candy into it, which even then requires time and money. Mm-hmm. I think maybe underneath the Poco Stop description, or maybe under like the advanced description of the stop, put some sort of way to put an icon that shows like when you look at your research in your uh, in your stacks, uh-huh. like your research page. Put that little icon. It's a Pokemon encounter. It's an item. It's yeah. the Stardust. Put, put, put the that reward. on the stop. Put the reward on the stop. <clears throat> yeah. That way you don't have to have space in your research inventory to, to spin it, to then check your research inventory, to then delete it because it's not something you need, yeah. to then you know spin another stop. Yeah, I would love to see something like that. Or to be honest, just find a better way to to do this like i don't want to say don't require the evolutions because the goal was to get all 151 pokemon um and i think that's a cool goal and i think it's reasonably doable but i think the problem in this instance was victory bell one of the ones where you didn't have to spend it's a one of the trade the it, with a trade it reduced its final no. evolution no okay so then find a way to reduce the evolution cost that's another thing too. I'm surprised they didn't something. mention that. 
Yeah, because it's it's that's a really difficult thing, and it's the same thing with me and uh, I have the candy to evolve the meowth. I don't keep meowths, so yeah. I had the one in my inventory, the one shiny that I got here. I had a Persian, and then the one shiny I got from the event after trading you the meowth. And now I don't have a Meowth for my buddy who's got red version to be able to trade to him. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of people with meow- extra Meowths that we can find and do a trade for so you can complete that challenge. But it's a yeah. really interesting really interesting problem to be in of not having enough candy and also not having enough of XYZ Pokemon to do those trades with. Um, I guess and- for example would be either Ekans or Paris, things that we might overlook because they're so common to uh-huh. us in our area. Yeah. And I so the the overall concept of the the event uh, is is a great concept, and I think it works really. Oop, slap my uh, mic arm here. I think it worked really well, but I think the current the current problem that we're in, the current situation that we're in, which we've been in for months of years now. S- it's been no, a year. No, no, no. Well, yeah. Of we're still in COVID, people are still in lockdown, people are still stuck. This event would be fantastic if it's been announced for for months. People have had time to be able to to request the day off, to be able to go out and play this game. The problem is there are still people that are stuck, that can't spin stops for additional candy, don't have communities that are willing to do trades with, because while the the trades are required, the trade distance has improved, but not everyone has people around them. Um, in some cases, people aren't going to, in some cases, it almost benefits people to have two different devices with two different versions of the game and have multi-account to be able to do those trades because they can't complete that research without, without the trades. Without someone else be able to help them. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one caveat to all of, I mean, if everything of this event works I think everything of this event is great. It worked out well. It it works. The hypothetical or the the in theory, not necessarily in practice, because a lot of people still ran into technical issues. I would oh, refer boy, back. Did. Refer, <laughs> I would refer back to this. This game is on a global scale with millions of people playing the game, uh, and it rolls out in a live fashion. This isn't something that they can like print publish beforehand and like t- like there's only so much testing you can do before you roll out a big event or launch like this so they 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 try and I, I won't say that they do their best because i actually don't know what their best is i would say they did a they did a, a reasonable job here still encounter issues i no matter what i think you're always going to encounter issues but i think in theory the 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 theory of this event the way that the mechanics the the features of this, features of this event the goals of this event were all great they all had fantastic ideas of here's the catching you're going to go through the different regions you have all of this we're going to like basically inject all of this extra nostalgia from the generation 1 games you're going to have the two different versions you're going to have you're going to have to trade with your 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 peoples um, you're going to go through the different uh, cities we're going to put in these extra excuse me we're going to put in these extra bonuses of I agree um, Eric Ben we're going to put in these extra bonuses of uh, I'm trying to think of like what they 
So we had the bonus in the raids. We had the bonus in the research and the bonus in the uh, NPC trainers. They, they, they put in all of these additional things, these sort of like accoutrements to the event of rather than just having spawns of all of these other things and these goals into the event. And I think that, in my experience, worked. And I think in a theoretical, spent, in a theoretical sense, works well. So here's my question. Did you feel overwhelmed? Now, that's that's a great question. Now, that's a great question, and that's something that I want to... We can talk about the battles, because... Oh, that's right. The The one final point I want to put in... I, I want to put a pin in, sort of, to the different research and stuff. The basic research that gives, gives you the shiny uh, ditto is completely separate from these challenges. These challenges aren't required for the research for the shiny ditto and then to get the masterwork research for the shiny Mew. So those yeah, are two separate. Yeah. The completionist in me wants to get hundred percent and complete everything. So, but you, the, that was something I had to remind myself midway through the event of these two things are separate. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that was required in this, in, in the research, one of the pieces of research somewhere, which I don't remember if it was required or not. Um, and you bring up a good point of where you, were you ever overwhelmed? I think the you and I will both agree, Jesse, that the inclusion of the different battlers of the basically player characters with their own teams in the game is a fantastic addition. It is. It is so cool. It it breaks it off from just being shadow, just being team rocket. The 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 inclusion of that makes this. Pokemon Go, rather than this sort of passive world, making it feel more active. Like, there are other people that are they're here. You can integrate them into... There wasn't an integration within, like, a story. There wasn't really integration into a research, per se. As far as... way of showing that we have much more potential with this platform. Yes. The way, the way that the rockets integrate can be used and something we've been talking you and I've been talking about for a long time the 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 way that the rockets integrate into the game can be used for so many other different characters so the inclusion of players and their own teams in the game is a fantastic inclusion a fantastic way of showing that the players i mean in this case showing that they actually will listen to their players a fantastic inclusion of the throwbacks to NPCs from the original games. So you had yeah. your, your Pikachu trainer, you had your Eevee trainer, um, you had your goodness gracious your single evolution line trainer. Your single evolution. You had the um, the fairy. Not so much. I don't think you ever really saw a fairy trainer in. You never saw the one that everyone loved. The guy in the togepi coat. Yeah. Um, the and one then, that the PvP community will accurately reference to as the Charm Hole team. Um, and then the there the was the archaeologist that... uh, trainer, mm-hmm. the one that had the Geodude, the Onyx, and I actually never fought that one. I forget what the third one was. The no, it was, it was the... Golem. What's the one I was thinking of? The Grass Poison team. The Poison trainer. Yes the the Poison trainer with the Grass Poison mm-hmm. team, which was I mean these are. Fantastic inclusions that break. So there was a couple that had themes. 
like the one female trainer that was based on like beautiful looking Pokemon. There was another one that was based on uh, like they were a gardener mm-hmm. and they had things that would help them with their garden. And then there were ones that were based on type or based on a, a certain theme. I, I sent you the image if you want to pull them up. Uh, let's see if I still got it here. Um, open original. Here we go. So the, I only fought, I think, three of these people, three or four of these people. Uh, just for the sake of repetition, I knew exactly what what each of them would have. And it was easy to, to counter them and get them done with. So the the battles here, like Fantastic Inclusion, I have no complaints. Like this was a, such a cool addition to the game during this event. My biggest complaint was all of these crazy spawns were happening. It's it's like realistically like they gave you plenty of time to catch all of the Pokemon that you need, but it felt like you were missing out on catching stuff as these battles were going on. Yeah. And so that I think is, yeah, that is, I think the biggest point where I felt like it was getting overwhelming was, Oh, I have a piece of research that requires to battle three of these trainers before moving on to the next, you know, next portion of it, which just so happens to require battling three more trainers. The, my, my thought on this is that I understand keeping them in part of the event and having a piece of research, but maybe making a battle hour where one hour is like less spawns or it's, you know, it's the refresh spawns of all of the types or from all of the, the hours and such. And it's like, okay, we're going to lessen the spawns. Go out and do battles. Go take a break. Go eat lunch. Go do some battles. Put so it, you're saying it would be nice to have a down hour. Yes. Make it have a uh, have an hour where I don't feel as pressured to continue to to catch Pokemon, where I can feel a little bit more relaxed and do do the battles. I think that's what we did for lunch. Is we went to lunch after we went to lunch during the Indigo League hour, if I remember correctly. Or the Pokemon League hour, because we were at Red Robins, and we were like, oh, there's a Jatini over there, but we can't get it because we're sitting here eating. Yeah, I think it was in the border between the two. The Fuchsia and Indigo. Yes, because yeah, it, it kicked over partway through. Um, yeah. And I, I think I think realistically, I would love to see I would love to see an hour in an event that lasts the entire day. I would love to see, even if it's you know, 30 minute breaks, even if it's broken down into 30 minute breaks or an hour long break where the spawns are a little bit less and I have the time to go do the battles that are required in the research. And do I don't feel research like I'm battling, go to the bathroom, clean out some bag space. Yeah. I don't feel self, self evaluate, self check. Yeah. I don't feel as much pressure to, to keep checking for shinies, keep catching Pokemon. So but in, my... in the same instance, that's not their responsibility to tell you to do that. It, that's true. That's true. But I think that there's there's uh, catching Pokemon, there's trading Pokemon, there's ca- checking for shinies, there's Raid. make raids, there's making sure that your uh, bag space isn't overfull because at this point, most One people key it thing is. Thing I will say about this event, there was not a problem with Pokeballs, 
And I am incredibly thankful for that. Yes. If I mean, if you're but out, that might be because we were outside. Yeah. Though. If you're out and about, there is the each trainer battle gave you 20 Pokeballs. The um, each trainer battle gave you 20 Pokeballs. Right. There was research that would give you additional Pokeballs. If you bought the pass, you would get 200 Pokeballs from the shop. Um, there is. Yeah, there is no. If you're if you're out and about and playing, there's no reason that you should have should not have uh, pokeballs. Um, so I, one thing I could say to make it a little bit better for remote players next time is, I know this might sound crazy, and here's Jesse with another original idea. These trainers come in on regular hot air balloons, and they have pokestops attached to the bottom of the balloon. On maybe fifteen mm. minute, thirty minute intervals. Mm. That would be interesting. Just um, like they float by with a Pokestop, you spin it, you can interact with it, you can get a research from it, and then they leave after you fight them. Yeah. Eric Eric puts in an interesting question here in the Twitch chat. Uh, in this hypothetical, what would battling an NPC reward? So in the, in the middle of, in say, an hour-long break where it's more focused on the battlers and less focused on catching, um, it's more of the break hour, I'd love to see you know, catch items, I would be down to see, I would be down to see similar items from raids, to be honest. Um, now I know raids like require rewards. Maybe like I know raids require a pass, which they can monetize. Whereas the, a battle with a NPC trainer doesn't require any items to there. There's no barrier to entry there besides having a reasonable team to be able to beat them. Um, would one rare candy be too much. I mean, I'd love to see something like that. So, Randall, no, we're not. This isn't a Fortnite podcast. But I will say, if uh, always thank the bus driver. Um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see. I, I think honestly, the rewards that they gave out of like the twenty Pokeballs, and I think it was twenty Pokeballs, and then I saw some like Sinnoh stones and stuff as well. I would be okay yeah. to see some of that, but I would love to see a little bit more, a little bit more berries, because like I ran out of raspberries. Um, I still had plenty of. I didn't use a ton of pineabs, but I I would have loved to see more raspberries. Um, shut, shut your mouth, Eric. Bien. <laughs> introduce a, a one kilometer egg for NPCs. I mean, I don't know. I I imagine so, but the the hatch rate would be so small that like they would hatch like nobody's business. And I think you would almost require the infinite incubator to, to use there. And I don't know. Yeah. That would be kind of gross. I don't know. To, to kind of end in on this NPC encounter that we had, I think it was a really cool inclusion. I think it opens the door for potential, either new teams to come in, either Team Magma or Team Aqua or Team Galactic. We could see gym leaders start to roll out. Yes. How that works, I don't know. Well... We could see other trainers. I mean, we've got things like the Pokemaniac, the Ace Trainers, the Pokemon fans, the Breeders. Well, you saw the thing in the Season 7, how we're getting a, a focus on a, a gym leader. Unfortunately, it's a gym leader from, what, Gen... Th- Five. Gen five, which is a yeah. weird pick for the first. Let's see, yeah, this season. She seems to be one of those ones they keep to like trying to make popular. 
I mean, I never had a thing for her. The people have made her kept her popular in other circles, but we're we'll get to that topic here uh, in a little bit. Um, as far I also as I think, it would be really cool to see them stick with the actual players too. Yeah, like yeah, doing I would love this, to see maybe add them into the pool. Yeah, that would be cool. I like they wouldn't give rocket radars or something, but maybe maybe it's uh, every season would have gym leader types or something and so you would have to battle you know three to five trainers to get the portions of the gym pass or something or the the gym radar and then you could find sorry go ahead and then you could find one of the you know this this season is the water type or you know this month is the water type so you fight a couple of the water type trainers that will give you allow you to build a gym um uh, what's it called gym radar and then you can go fight a water type gym so maybe there's you know just like there's multiple leaders in rocket there's multiple gym leaders where you see you see misty you see oh goodness gracious wallace huh nessa yeah you could see nessa you could see wallace you could see a couple of the different water type gym leaders from the main series games show up in pokemon go so I was gonna say. <laughs> I interrupted you. I apologize. No, it's all good. Um, it'll come back to me. Uh, so we've got the research. We've talked about raids. Did we talk? What did you think about the raids? I think they worked once. I mean, the way that the research broke down, it required we kind of burst through the raid requirements before a lot of the like raids raid requirements in the research bro uh, got to like on my end, like I still had to do more raids at the end near the end of the event because we had gotten through all of our raids, but I hadn't got to the point in the research where it required three raids. So mm-hmm. I had to do more raids, which I'm not against doing more raids. I have the passes for them. It's just a matter of, I'd love to get all of us done at once so, or I'd love for this to have been, what's the phrase would it called? It had been nice for it to have been a retroactive. So yes. if you had done the raid, it would have already counted. Yes. Or not, is it retroactive or proactive? proactive. I'm not sure what the phrase, what, which particular phrase it is, but I would have loved to have seen, hey, it's for this event. You've done six raids already. Your three raid requirement is complete at this point. So... Nobody redeemed hydrate, but I needed to drink water. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't mind. Go ahead. I didn't mind the raids. I think having the legendaries and raids worked out. I think the raid requirements, the putting the regionals in raid. I wondered if someone would do that. <laughs> it made sense to put the regional. Um, it made sense to put the regionals in raids. Rather than having them spawn in the wild, that way there's still sort of a barrier to entry and the sheer amount of, you know, Mr. Mime candy that you could get for, like, you can't grind out a bunch of Mr. Mime candy for Galarian Mr. Mime. Right. Or do they sh- do they share the same kind of sh- same candy? Yeah. Okay. Because um, I was pretty sure for, like, Zigzagoon and Farfetch they did, but I wasn't 100% sure. It made sense to put them in raids. It made sense to put the legendaries in raids. Thankfully... None of those raids were incredibly difficult. So if you had, you know, three, four, or five people, they were they were completely doable. So, 
Um, I didn't have, and the sheer amount of raid passes they gave as somebody that was, you know, out and about, I think that it made sense to, I, I think it worked out. I think that worked out. Yeah, I think the raids were handled pretty well. They, uh, dang it, Randall. They, uh, they were able to make it so that they weren't incredibly difficult. Like Mewtwo recently had, prior to this event, Mewtwo was considered a tier six boss, not just a tier five. Mm. What tier six means is that it was more difficult than your average tier five raid. But due to people in other parts of the world were able to find out battle before us and tell us it's a lot easier than what it used to be. But yeah, what Randall's saying, I think the raids overall were just easier as well. Because I know we had a couple of people that we tried to get on the legendary raids with us, but they were unable to make it. And in the last part of the last hour of the night, they're like, we need help. We need help. I'm going to scroll through spawns here. The catch rates did seem easier. Okay. Actually, there was a, a bit of research that was going out that I want to say, was it Lapras's catch rate was not adjusted? The circle, sure the circle was adjusted uh, for its color, but the... The actual math behind it. The actual math behind it wasn't. And so that's why it felt like Lapras was just being a pain in the butt. It was because... I can't how many times we had to like stop and try to actually focus on catching it. Because it just wouldn't stay in the ball. Yeah. It's... it's Because th they did something... They said something similar happened during the Electabuzz Community Day, I believe. Where its catch yeah. rate... Electabuzz's catch rate wasn't changed, but the circle color was. Okay. And so... It gave the impression that it was easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it's, I don't know how that works, how they're not connected mathematically, like systematically in within the game's code, but. Like I, if it's this percent, it should be this color yeah, under this circumstance. It wouldn't surprise me that Lapras was just very hard. Um, Lapras is just hard to catch here. Mm. Wow, Joey, that's a lot. <laughs> Wait, is this some, like, superhero origin story? Lapras is a little bit away, too. Yeah, it's it's got... You have to... You gotta chuck that. Yeah, but it's not swine up away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of what other... What was really... There was there was a number of complaints on the amount of I mean XL candy just needs a rework anyway but the people were really betting on getting like a bunch of Lickitung spawns and getting a Me. bunch of XL Lickitung candy and it just Me. didn't end up happening um, and that's I think just the a flaw of XL candies in general just not I think it's intentional if you look at all the things that people wanted XL candy for during this event none of those were common spawns. XL Chansey Candy, they were around, sure. XL Lickitung, eh. Lapras, eh. Snorlax, where? Raids. Behind paywalls. Behind a paywall, yep. 
Yeah, anything that people wanted XL candy for that wasn't already a community day weren't really easy to come by. Mm-hmm. And I I believe that's by design. Yeah, I think they know. They have the same reason why so. they removed Metatite. They removed uh, Trubbish, not necessarily Trubbish, but Metatite and other things like Merrill are no longer nesting. It's because they don't want people to... Scoop up XL candy. Yeah. Scoop up XL candy and completely and totally grind it out. They want they don't want to have luck be a factor per se in um XL. Yeah, not intended for the XL grind. That's a great way to put it, JMR. This event was not intended for the XL grind. And honestly, like I don't know. Everyone I think bought those that's why I bought red version. I was under the premise that it was. Yeah, I it makes me wonder if what is what does this say on the XL grind in the future if maybe it gets adjusted or if if like I don't get a sense of if they're going to double down in this instance or not. Like I just I just don't know. So it's it's a really weird <clears throat> I I I as a self self professed casual player don't intend on I I have very I don't think I have any maxed out. No, I do have a couple. Of, I do have a. I have. I have like four or five maxed out Pokemon to level forty. I don't anticipate getting a Pokemon to level fifty for a long time. With looking at the way XL candies are going out and my playstyle, I don't see that happening. And so, I imagine like I as as a as a casual player like that's not my goal. And looking at the way that Niantic has done this, so far they, I mean, how long has XL Candy been out for? Like a two months? Month and a half? I want to say three. So three months. We saw a change in the way that Mega Energy was adjusted within two weeks. So there's a chance we don't see, I think at this point, there's a chance we don't see XL at all or XL we don't see XLs changed at all the way that the candies are are done or anything I, I don't think we see a, a change there um I think this event kind of shows in some cases they want to avoid putting out they, they don't they don't want to make it easy I think I think they want to make that an additional grind so buddy walking huh Yeah, Randall makes a good comment, and a lot of the community's upset. And we'll get to that when we get here into the season next season. Is that what's our? Let's see. Final thoughts on Kanto, the Pokemon Go Tour Kanto event. Thank you, Junichi Masuda, for the beautiful music. It incredibly made the day for me. It is probably one of the biggest contributing factors. If you have not listened to the music for each individual hour, do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, find a way to find it, Pokemon Go Tour, enter the city name, and listen to the music. It was beautifully done. Thank you. It brought back so many fond memories. Steven won't play it, so I'm telling you to go to YouTube and check it out for yourself. Well, because Twitch isn't going to like it, and then I have to remove the VODs. I just have to make sure... I haven't checked recently if we have any VODs with copyrighted stuff, but I have to remove anything, so... 
it, it is mainline nostalgia, but it was really well done. Like, it's like, I started listening to it, and I was like, is this just the original music? And then if you listen for more than 30 seconds, there's a little bit of a change to it. I'm personally one of those people that I I could spend my, and I have spent the last two days at work just listening to all six of those songs on repeat. And my boss walks by and he's like, are you playing the game? And I was like, no, this is from the music from the event. And I showed it to him. He's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I kind of was playing the game. (laughs) (laughs) So beyond the music, what was your, what's your final thoughts on? I think the event was great. I think people need to read more. I think if you really have issues, you need to try and troubleshoot them yourself. Like for people that were having issues with the ticket, we had a guy approach us, some random person, an older man, older gentleman who didn't purchase his ticket before the event, had the issues. We did some troubleshooting. He was able to restart the app. He wanted to pick green version, but was forced to pick red for some weird reason. The game auto picked red for him, but he ended up getting it to work. Hmm. I think there was problems from both ends. I think Niantic... I know a couple of people were able to get out the survey to give feedback on the event. Mm -hmm. I was not one of them, which is unfortunate. I would love to give both sides of my opinion. The TLDR of my opinion of this event is I'm someone that played from the main series games. I love this event. I saw the issues. I saw the issues that the people from Asia Pacific encountered the day before we saw all the lag in the game and all the delays. I am sorry that you guys are forever our guinea pigs. I think Niantic should really personally reach out to people that they trust and know to beta test these events in some form. There's no way that they don't have the ability to test this. I understand they don't have the ability to test it in mass and kind of agreeing with JMR here is says they will learn from this and adapt it in the future. It just sucks that we have to pay for them to learn. Yeah. I think that's a, that's an interesting point of the, I don't, they've never made mention on what like a test team, if they have a test team, what, what their QA, what their test department looks like. We're looking for quality assurance. We need better quality assurance. Like what is, and sure, it's anytime they make a mistake like that, they're like, okay, well, we'll do a makeup event and everybody gets it. It's in the moment. You, you need to make it work right then. Yeah, you don't want to have to keep going back and trying to, you know, fix I mean, the problem. People won't complain for another event, but <laughs> make it work the first time. The, let's see. I would say, as, as somebody that went out and played Fantastic Event, I think in the grand scheme of things they've pushed they pushed in this event they pushed too far with the benefits of going out and playing and I think because we're still in a global pandemic I think it's not that wasn't smart um now does a Pokemon Go event a global Pokemon Go event push the needle for COVID and uh, COVID infections and stuff. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I'm not going to really speculate there. The, it is up to the players to be intelligent in how they play and continue to social distance and continue to wear masks, etc. But I think the benefits of going out and playing in this event with the uh, 
research that gave you Snorlax and the raid, the amount of uh, standard raid passes that weren't even remote raid passes that were benefits for spinning stops and spinning gyms. I think the the research, the trainer battles that were locked to stops, I think there was enough here during this event that in you know 20, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, would have been fine, but in a 2020-2021 era of Pokemon Go, I would like to see that reduced. So I would like to f- them to find a way to bring more of that to people that are having new play in their homes. Um, I would love to see some of the requirements reduced as well. The, evol- the way that the evolutions were required is a cool feature and I totally understand put in the research or in the rewards for completing other sections candy for enough candy for those evolutions, because you have to keep in mind that there are people that, you know, haven't played before that. They're not going to be able to, to complete these pieces of research and, and make it, make it a bit easier for the casual player, make it a little bit easier for the, the new player. Because they they don't have the the same resources that, you know, I I mean I'm still a casual. I have the, some of those resources, but I've been playing for forever. You know, make it a little bit more accessible for other people, or even the people that have continued to play the game but just haven't been able to go out to these spawns or don't go out to those spawns. So, I mean, if the fear is that you're afraid that the people that are really hardcore grinders are going to capitalize off all these things they're giving to the casual players. They're going to do it anyways. Yeah, they're going to find... Yeah, the the hardcore players are going to find a way to min-max this game and the way that spawns are and all of these things, they're going to find a way to find peak performance. And that's just how it's going to be. But Pokemon Go shouldn't be... That goes back to the core games. People are always just going to find a way to min-max. Yeah, I, I just don't think that Pokemon Go needs to be built specifically for the hardcore. So I would like to see more. I I would like this event was cool. I would like to see more of it. I think the somebody brings up something interesting here in the chat of one mythical for each league. I'm not entirely sure what this is referencing here, but we do already have shiny Celebi. So the reward for the Pokemon Go Tour Johto can't be shiny Celebi. So it makes me wonder there what is there another mythic, mythical within And the other question is Johto has a less Johto has yeah, what? We don't think Johto would be a tour event, like a full mainline event. Johto like has today. 70 or more Pokémon. Yeah. So, I mean if it had a Pokémon Go Tour Johto, it would have to have some of the previous it would have to have some of Kanto's Pokémon as well because you, you know, would also I see, see I can see a Pokémon Go Tour Alola. Once we get to that gen. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to recycle wands, which, I mean, they've done before. We've seen plenty of Kanto events, but the shiny Celebi wouldn't be the sort of carrot at the end of the stick here. So, Yeah, yeah and I, that's a whole other topic about how everyone was assuming that we would just get Mew for buying the ticket. 
<laughs> yeah, you have to buy the ticket and then participate in the event, complete the research, and then be level forty. Be level forty and complete the original Mew quest line. Yes, but have you seen step the step two for the yeah, master challenge? It. Okay, yeah, it's a grab. What is it? One hundred and fifty-one of each type. Yep, which is insane. So and then thirty of every type and catch a Pokemon for thirty days. Yeah, an absolute huge. I don't want to say time waste, but it's a huge sink for. It's gonna take a while to get through it. Well, you see Kecleon as the, the shiny ditto, and then you see the masterwork research for... Um, Manaphy or something? No, because that's not a Hoenn. What's Hoenn's mythic? Wasn't it Jirachi? Yes, for shiny Jirachi. That would make sense. Uh, um, we, uh, we'll go more into the canto for the community question but i think that's going to be the end of this segment an hour into let's get on to oh crap you know what i don't have my timer but i will pull up a notepad here which means i have to do some quick typing uh news roundup that wasn't even the news roundup let's get into it we are looking at 58 minutes in Jesse, you ready to get into the news roundup? I am. All right, so I'm going to hit the button. Giddy up now. This is the news roundup. All right, we're into the news roundup. First piece of news here is going to be March's Community Day featuring Fletchling. Man, you have no idea... How much I wanted it to be Pidgey. <laughs> Just to watch the world burn. <laughs> I I really... Just to watch the community implode on itself. <laughs> really, really, really wanted it to be Pidgey. And not only because my 2021 predictions, one of them was big community uproar, but... Okay, I, I think we kind of got that one. <laughs> I really... <laughs> Really wanted it to be Pidgey just to watch people be so upset. Because my complaint for it being Pidgey was we had just had the Kanzo tour. It's shiny was out. Pidgeot already has Gust. It's just... <laughs> Give it something else. Come on, you can. They can do it. There's Pokemon with a triple legacy. You can't tell me that uh, Pidgey can't have a triple legacy too. <laughs> yeah, I really I re really wanted it to be Pidgey. We've got Fletchling though. This is a oh, uh, help me out here, Jesse. It's a Gen 6 Pokémon, correct? So we've got a a it's Mega is already out too. Yeah. Yeah, Pidgey. They're all 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 signs pointed to not Pidgey. So <laughs> they could have <laughs> they could have March 6th. Spicy. 11 to 5 p.m. Fletchling, the tiny Robin Pokemon, will be featured. It will be appearing more frequently in the wild. I, why am I even reading this? It's the same community day format as always. We, we, we've seen this before. Um, 
Stay tuned three for times one tickets. Catch XP. That's interesting. Three times which? Catch XP. Mm, I mean, people still need XP to get to one to level 40 and two to get to... There's an XP requirement for levels 41 and up, so that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Uh, let's see. So, Evolve Fletchender. I didn't even know that was the name of it. The Evolve form of Fletchling during the event for up to two hours to get a Talon Flame that knows Incinerate. So this is, I have pulled up PV Poke here on the video, and we are looking at Talonflame with Fire Spin. Currently. It's current recommended move. Yep, and we're looking at it in Great League, so it's running uh, Fire Spin, and then Brave Bird and Flame Charge. This gives it a win, uh, let's see, 384 wins, 263 losses, and one draw. And I assume the draw is going to be itself. So the question becomes if we go to custom and we add incinerate, does this make it any good? And this is just a quick quick PV poke ranking rankings here in their battle format. So we move up to a 473 wins, 175 losses and zero draws. And I imagine that's because the Talon incinerate flame. just becomes stupid strong with flame charge. Incinerate, yeah, incinerate talon flame beats out fire spin talon flame. I imagine. Let's see. So worst to best, uh, worst matchups here. You're looking at all of the rock that are possibly relevant. Aerodactyls here, Titar Shadow, Amastar, Amanite, which hard counter the flying and fire. You've got your waters. Irrelevant. These are all here. I want to try and find close to the ties. Hello, HR. What's up? My boy. My dog is here. Um, Close to ties. What is the closest thing to a tie we get? So we have Cradilly Shadow at a 496. And Shadow B Drill at 503. So, so things that it should be, but they have potential counters to it. Yes. Uh, B Drill having Drill Run and Cradilly being a Rock Grass having Stone Edge. Yeah. Talon, uh, Jmar saying Talonflame might be the preferred flying to flying fire over Zard more bulk. Uh, I would hope so, because Charizard doesn't have that bulk. I mean, Charizard's also very niche in the fire-flying category. Um, it, or the fire-flying category is rather niche. It's hard counter to grass, but a lot of grass have other things. Um, yeah, I agree with JMR about the learning curve on, on Incinerate. I think if, as long as Charizard doesn't get a move that buffs it, we'll see more in Talonflame play than Charizard. Yeah, I can't imagine Charizard's going to get any buffs, though. We've seen Charizard perform fairly well. Um, as far as PvP, let's see, we're looking in Great League. Let's look in Ultra League, and we're going to go back and forth here. Um, Talonflame's going to be one to look out for, because Talonflame has some really interesting 
the the again the the fire flying is a rather niche combo um that Charizard has sort of fit itself in and has played around in a little bit for the most part just because it has access to did it have Dragon Claw before? Mm-hmm. Am I misremembering? So it had Dragon Claw. It had a little bit more versatility in its moveset. Um, so How's it, it going, Jiggly Dad? It didn't play. It didn't play specifically within Fire Flying. It played more of the Fire, and it had was Wing Attack. So it had some Legacy Wing Attack, but yeah, yeah, it had some play on on both sides. So, Talonflame is going to be like the hard grass counter. Not that we see a ton of grass out there. I think the different deciding factor between Charizard and Talonflame will be their speed and either their fast move damage or charge move. Because mm-hmm. Charizard definitely holds the speed and pressure. I mean, I think, and that's not even taking into consideration Charizard with. Dragon, oh, Breath. Like Dragon Breath. Yeah. Dragon Breath puts it in an entirely different category of the pseudo dragon. I mean, yeah. in the category of pseudo dragon, it's not great. Um it's it's glassy. So Charizard, why not Dragonite? <laughs> <laughs> Diet Dragonite. Charizard Dragonite Zero. Let's see. So Sadly, in Suddenly Diabetes. <laughs> Ultra League Talonflame without the Community Day move has a 48.9% win ratio. We give it Incinerate here. It bumps up to a 66.5. That's pretty reasonable. And then I don't think there really is any reason to run it in Master League, but we will take a peek at it. Uh, 36.6% with Fire Spin. And we run Incinerate. 49.7. 49.7. So it it gains wins with Incinerate in every league. Again, I don't think there really is a reason to run it in Master, but you'll get enough candy, and with Community Day spawns, you have a chance to get... You have a chance to get the Hundo... What is it, uh, what is it asking for here in Master? Yeah, the Hundo. 15s across the board at level 40. You'll have the chance to get... But even that at Hundo, Hundo, it doesn't past 2200 yeah 2205 is the 15s across the board at level 40 where does it put it at 50 oh it puts it at 2493 yeah that's 51? not great show me the 51 show me the best buddy 51 does it go over 25 22 or yeah 25 22 battle where's our wins 61.7 did it lose wins at a higher at a higher level ultra requires level 50 yes ultra does require level 50 i missed that um so yeah it's not even worth running in <laughs> oh yeah that's not good so yeah talent flame use it in great league don't worry too much about the rest cuz i don't think even in ultra league i don't think that the flying flyers don't play a ton in ultra like pure flyers. The it, fire. You're not even really running it as the flying. It's a fire. Yeah. Well, yeah, because but the core of your flyers you see are like maxed out Altaria. Um, I'm trying to think of what other like core fly, flyers you see in Ultra. Um, Zard. Say 
Do you really see Pidgeot a whole lot? Oh, yeah. I got to play more. It's been a time. Skarmory. Skarmory's another one. Yeah. Togekiss. And Togekiss. Yep. Togekiss. Talonflame actually might not be bad. Might not be all that bad with um. What's it called? Uh, the Dude, fire. Dude, I'm guess. already seeing them jiggly. <laughs> Wait, why are we seeing more Skarm? Because Ultra League Skarm maxed out. Oh, okay. Because people are spending the resources. Yeah, I mean, we had that nest for almost two weeks out here in town. I went every day after work and scooped up about twelve. So it turns out. Uh, breaking news. Turns out I was the only one. Oh, this was posted 22 hours ago? Why didn't I see this earlier? Thanks, r slash the self road. It's the the headline. Incense will spawn normal mons, not Pikachu. <laughs> this was served to me 17 minutes ago, though. So, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Reddit, for, for sending me a push notification on this article that I should have known beforehand. Oh, well. Jamar makes a good point. XL Skarm and XL Gav Galvantula will die to XL Talonflame. Yes. Yes. You got to get there, though. You guys, I mean, it's going to be some candy. It's going to be some candy. It's going to be some XL candy. So, fingers crossed, you can get sunny weather or what, windy weather? Yep. So, I mean, in my case, I kind of hope not because. I want more and more for Great League, and I'm kind of tired of the last couple of community days being boosted. So, here. what are you looking at? An advanced weather forecast? You looking at the crystal ball? It's flying and normal. You're looking for anything else that's flying and normal? No, for community day, weather boosted will be partly cloudy or windy. Not sunny. No, it's a flying normal type. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It doesn't become flying until it's what second form. Okay, so you partly fire, flying and right. fire. So you're saying what was it partly cloudy and windy? Windy. Partly cloudy will probably happen. Wow, I'm really sad now. I'm tired of. Weather boosted community days. Let's go to the southern hemisphere, Stephen. Uh, I mean, because it happened with Machop. <laughs> it happened with Machop the entire time, and I wanted to find a reasonable non-weather boosted. Yeah, and it was just really, really hard. It was really difficult. I mean, on top of that, I I have to work on the weekends, so I don't I don't my weekends are Tuesdays and Fridays. I don't get to I don't get to take community days off. So. <sighs> Big old you and a good other person portion of the community, but yes, Town Flame definitely a good Pokemon to look out for. Definitely a refreshing change from the rerun community days that we've been getting. Yes, yes, I was also really hoping that they put out the put out the comment of we're we're listening to you. We we won't basically we won't do these refreshed, redone shiny for community days ever again. And then they put out Pidgey, and I would just. Ah, uh, uh, I would have bathed in the tears of spiteful players. Were you considering it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about it? Because if you were, like, I'd still just... You know how funny that would have been for, like, an animated... Uh, one of the first animated pictures? Like, we see here on the community... Can you tab back to the March announcement? How funny would it have been if where Fletchling is sitting there on the tree, there was a Pidgey... 
and then it flew away to reveal Fletchling. Oh, if they put it as a GIF, yeah. a little bait and switch. I mean, we're what? What day is April on? Is April on a Sunday or April first? Uh, no, hold on. No, April first is on a Thursday. We can't have a April Fool's Community Day. <laughs> oh, dang it! Dang it! Gosh, diddly darn, dang it! What do you think what Feather Day is for? The, the next Pidgey Community Day. Oh yes, yes. Debuff. Yes. Acid spray damage. I'll take it. I'll take it. I would take it. All right. Article number two from the news roundup. The season of legends starts soon. Trainers, during the season of celebration, we got to explore and celebrate regions of the Pokemon world, all leading up to Pokemon Go Tour Kanto. Now we are excited to announce the next season, the season of legends. From legendary Pokemon to legendary trainers, this season will celebrate legends in Pokemon Go. The season of legends will run from Monday, March 1st at 8 a.m. to Tuesday, June 1st at 10 a.m. local time. Read on for an overview of what you can expect during the season and look out for a detailed blog once the season starts. <laughs> yes, these are... I mean, I would love to see plushes of all of these. These are hilarious looking. But this is adorable. You can't see my mouse cursor. I'm hovering over Landorus here. Uh, these, yeah, the these are just so bizarre design-wise. I... Hmm. The mustaches, the mustaches are real weird. I don't know. Very, very Japanese-esque. Yeah. Let's see. So more Pokemon will make their Pokemon Go debut in Legendary Raids and Mega Raids. Uh, this season will start with some Legendary Pokemon making their Pokemon Go debut. Therian Form, Therian Formy, Tornadius, Therian Formy, Thunderous and Therian Formy Landorus. There's an E at the end. It's not just form. It's for, form, form A? Formage? Stay tuned for more details. There might be some other legendary faces making their Pokemon Go debut appearing later in the Season 2. Starting March 1st, different Mega Evolved Pokemon will be appearing in Mega Raids, and other Mega Evolved Pokemon will be making their Pokemon Go debut over the course of the season. Keep an ear out for more details soon, trainers. Wait, keep an ear out? Hold up. Am I reading too far into this? Is there supposed to be some sound type sound Pokemon that we're keeping an ear out for? We still have yet to get Meloetta. Ooh, that might be it. Really bad. Scientist form E appears <laughs> on the street. Uh, oh, that's true. Oh, no. oh, as far as Omega? Yep. Uh, that would make sense. The one that immediately came to mind, I was like, that doesn't make any sense at all, would be uh, Exploud. But Exploud doesn't have a mega, mega, to my knowledge, so there's no reason for it. Uh, yeet. Can I yeet the Pokeball? Thank you. Different Pokemon will be appearing in the wild. As the seasons change, different kinds of Pokemon will be appearing in different habitats in the, wa in the wild. I almost read that as world. For example, you might find Mantine or Phyllish appearing near water, or maybe you'll happen upon a Voltorb or Glammeow while in the city. If you happen to be traversing near grassy and forest areas, you might find a uh, Hopip floating peacefully in the air. These... So all I heard from that last sentence is we're going to be drowning in Hopip out here. Probably. <laughs> These and many more Pokemon will be appearing more often in the wild, so keep a lookout and stay tuned for more details. 
Hemisphere exclusive Pokemon. All right, I got some problems with this, but we're going to get into it. We'll, we'll read this first. During the season, the kinds of Pokemon that appear more often in the wild exclusively in either the Northern or Southern Hemisphere will be greatly expanded from last season. In the Northern Hemisphere, you'll be able to encounter Pokemon like Tangela, Combi, Krogunk, Ducklet, and more in the wild. First partner Pokemon originally discovered in the Sinnoh region, Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup, will also be appearing in the wild alongside, alongside Springform Deerling. This one doesn't have an E. This is Springform, not Formy, Springform Deerling. If you are extremely lucky, you might even encounter Pokemon such as Scyther, Dratini, or Cottony in the wild. Neat, I would love to see more Cottony, uh, particularly non thing I would like to point out before you move too far on. Uh-huh. Show of hands, who caught a winter deerling? I don't think I did. They were incredibly uncommon. I think I saw one on the nearby, but I don't think... I think it was at work. It was like nearby the Starbucks, and I could not get it. So that was one of the few that I went over the season. And we, we, we even talked about it. We're like, what happened to the seasons thing? Where did that go? And now they're bringing it back. <laughs> In the Southern hemisphere, Pokemon like Mankey, Yama, Buizel, Wubat, and many more will be appearing in the wild. Alongside first partner Pokemon originally discovered in the Unova region, Snivy, Tepic, and Oshawott. You'll be, if you're extremely lucky, you might encounter a Pineco Bagon or Ferrisite. Keep your eyes out for Autumn Form Deerling 2. So my sort of question mark here is, and I can understand that it's part of the seasons. The Pineco, Bagon, and Ferrisite. Pineco and Bagon are very relevant in metas, and they are boosted... Are they exclusive spawns for the Southern Hemisphere for an entire six months? Like, how does this how does this work? I, I'm I'm confused, or I'm 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 worried. It's kind of like what uh, Jiggly Dad is saying here. The seasons feature. We take a lot of stuff out of the spawn pool all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm not a, I'm not. I would like to see a refresh in spawns. Yeah. Uh, uh, Salamence is not useful in metas. Ignore Salamence. Pineco and Ferrisseed are two that their evolutions of Fortress and Ferrothorn. Ferrothorn are two relevant mons that are more uncommon. Um, things that I've never built anything because I've never gotten anything at all reasonable for competitive leagues. So I, it hurts me to see that they are Southern Hemisphere and potentially exclusive for the next six months. So, I mean, I, I, that's that's my biggest thing of like, okay, you're, you're pulling them from spawn tables for an entire region for six months unless maybe they show up in events and fingers crossed they do, but I don't know would like to see a change to the spawn pulls to the lures as well because if I could drop a mossy lure and find those still even at a slim chance that's better than nothing yeah I would love to see some of that stuff too honestly the the lure spawns need to refresh because we've had them since the lure spawns have been the same spawn tables since release what two three years ago yeah so 
Excuse me. Uh, different Pokemon will be hatching from eggs. I would say nobody cares here. God. Eggs, why? Pokemon like Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Badoo, and more will be hatching from 2k eggs. Drowsy, Drowsy Azuril, Muna will be hatching from 5k eggs, and Intrepid Trainers might find Ninkata, Alomomola, and other hatching from 10k eggs. Stay tuned for more details. Did you hear that, chat? New Feebas in the 10Ks. <sighs> season exclusive special research. Towards the start of the season, all trainers will be able to access the Season of Legends special research. Follow Professor Willow as he makes exciting discoveries about Therian Formy, Tornadius, Therian Formy, Thunderous, and Therian, Therian Formy, Landorus. Why do they put an E here? I'm confused. Your title for the episode. Is it, is it French? Is it French? I don't know. The first three legendary Pokemon featured during the season complete this special research to earn Tornadus, Thunderous, and Landorus candy, as well as other rewards. Be on the lookout for bonuses and items throughout the season. You can look for even look forward to even more goodies this season, such as the following bonuses and items. Players can receive increased XP from five-star raids throughout this season only. We're not doing enough raids. They want to give us more benefits. This That's basically what they're saying here. Free remote pa raid passes will be available at certain times during the season. Stay tuned for more details on when these remote raid passes will be available in the shop, a.k.a. what we've been doing. We're going to do the same thing. Remote yeah, raid passes will just French. sort of show up. Huh? It's French. For me, is is French. Yeah. Is that because uh, Unova, is Unova the European, one of the European regions? Interesting. Is yeah, that a is America? Is that shrug, Eric? Yeah, it's a shrug. Oh, okay, the shrug emote. Form a. What is the difference between form and form a? Form f o r m is the shape mode. Shape or mode of something. Form a relates to the procedure of assembling type and readiness for printing. What? Weird. <laughs> Randall saying Maybe Nova is based really on New York. Thing. Okay, so hold on. The 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 genies are are the genies from Unova? Forme is more scientific from Proto Man. <laughs> okay. It just sounds fancier. Maybe it's just a really bad typo and they just said hell of it. That's <laughs> that's what I'm imagining. If that's this they just they put an E behind it on accident. On all of them except for, except for the deerling forms, or maybe it's a special new f type of form, form E. Who knows? Now I'm curious. I'm gonna go directly to the source, Pokemon.com's Pokedex, and we're gonna look up Tor. Need us. Click on it. This is what we're here for, chat. This is battle science. Nope they they call it incarnate for me and Therian for me. So it's not a it's <laughs> it's not a typo. This is official information from Pokemon's website. Okay. Abilities prankster, aka we put an E after some things when you don't expect it. Oh. All right. Well, season of legends. Currently, we're in this. What are we on? The season of celebration. So yep. Season of Legends starts next week. I'm curious, not 
like really hyped. I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see how it is. Did you read the part about the bonuses? Yes. Increased XP from five-star raids, a.k.a. we're not doing enough five-star raids, so here's another incentive to do five-star raids. And free remote raid passes will be available at certain times during the season, a.k.a. it's We've been doing it, but we're making it official now. <laughs> so that's what I'm seeing. All right, so the next biggest thing, because with a new season comes a new season of Go Battle League. Go Battle League Season 7 begins Monday, March 1st. 2021 at 1 p.m. PST GMT minus eight Greenwich Mean Time. I, I man, that's got to be hard if you're running on. That's so confusing. Greenwich Mean Time to me. Trainers, is there a more apt time for season seven of the Go Battle League to begin than with the season of Legends? We're excited to share how this Go Battle League season will be the most legendary one yet. I want to read this in like the most sarcastic tone. Monotone. Think monotone. No, actually, no. Here, hold on. <clears throat> <clears throat> mm, yes, quite. Mm, is there a more apt time for Season 7 of the Go Battle League to begin than with this season of Legends? We're excited to share... I can't get much like French butler. We're excited to share uh, how this Go Battle League season will be the most legendary one yet. As we continue to work on bringing interesting and competitive experiences to the Go Battle League, you can look forward to new cups that upend team expectations in familiar leagues and a surprise sometime between Monday, March 29th to Monday, April 5th. You can look for a surprise at that point in time, I imagine. It sounds like a surprise meta or something. Surprise, baby, <laughs> cup 2.0. No! Um, surprise, uh, Kecleon is a, a battle reward. <laughs> I mean, that might actually get some people to do GBL. That would definitely get some people to do GBL. Season 6 rewards, Season 7 timeline, and what to expect when Season 7 begins on Monday, March 1st. Your end-of-season rewards for Season 6 will be available on the battle screen, including an Elite Fast DM. If you reached rank 19 or higher, your rating will be reset. Stay tuned. We'll update you if anything changes. The Great League will run from Monday, March 1st to Monday, March 15th. Ultra League and his Premier Cup will run from Monday, March 15th to Monday, March 29th. I believe these are in two-week segments, so I'm reading a bunch of dates that, unless you're looking at a calendar, probably won't mean a whole lot to you. So um, either break out... Great Ultra Master repeat. Yep. Um... The Great League in a new cup called Great League Remix will run from Monday, April 12th to Monday, April 26th. See cup sections below for more details. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, we're going to click no. Can I shrink this? No, I can't. I'm sorry. No. Um shoot i remember doing this before and it being way too loud i'm sorry jesse are you ready for this i guess okay um let me pull up hold on where's my jesse are you ready for great league remix <laughs> do, do you hear it J jesse you there did I make him rage quit? 
<laughs> Did you hear it? Yes, that's why okay. I left. Oh, I didn't hear your laugh. No, I said I left. Oh, you laughed. Okay. Jiggly Dad wants another one. Are you ready for some Great League remix? Woo! I need the pause. Woo! Yeah! Jiggly Dad, I'm only doing two today. <laughs> that is literally from a, a DJ software, though. That's from Virtual DJ. So it took me a minute to pop it open here. Um, let's see. Great League Remix. Okay, I haven't read anything at all on Great League Remix, so I'm very curious to see what that's going to be like. Uh, Ultra and its premier cup will run from April 26th to May 10th. Master League, Master League Classic, and the Retro Cl Cup. Retro Club? Retro Cup will run from Monday, May 10th to Monday, May 17th. Only Pokemon that haven't been powered up with XL Candy are allowed in Master League Classic. See the Cup section below for more uh, more details. Master League Premiere. Yeah, so people are saying no Master League Premiere. So Master League Classic, no XLs, but Legendaries, which is nice. Uh, ranked play will end on Monday, May 24th. Unranked Kanto Cup will run from Monday, May 24th to Monday, May 31st. See the cup section below for more details. Um, what is new in Season 7? Are you guys ready for Season 7? There are some notable changes coming to Go Battle League during Season 7. You won't want to miss the Season 7 rewards. Pikachu Libre Avatar items will be a reward for trainers who reach rank 10. Trainers who reach legend rank will earn avatar items and a pose inspired by Elsa. Elsa? Not the Elsa you imagine. This is the Pokemon Elsa. Um, who made her first appearance in Pokemon Black version and Pokemon White version at rank 19. You will receive an Elite Charge TM, and you'll also re receive an Elite Fast TM as an end-of-season reward. Some of the Pokemon you'll encounter as you reach certain ranks will be inspired by Elsa. Additionally, players who reach rank 20 are guaranteed an encounter with a legendary Pokemon that is appearing in 5-star raids at the time. Rank 1, you'll be encountered uh, guaranteed to encounter Zipstrika, one of uh, Elsa's partnered Pokemon in the Pokemon RPGs. Rank 1 and up, you'll be able to encounter Pokemon such as Poliwhirl, Flaffy, Pupitar, Galvantula, and more. Rank 10 and up, you'll be able to encounter Pokemon such as Metacham, Frailish, Stunfisk, and more. Rank 15 and up, you'll be able to encounter Pokemon such as Scraggy, Lampent, and Rufflet. Don't forget, if you're lucky, you might encounter a Shiny Rufflet. Rank 20 and up, you'll be able to encounter the legendary Pokemon that is appearing in 5-star raids at that time. Ace rank and up, you'll be able to encounter Dino. Legend rank, you'll be guaranteed to encounter a Pikachu Libre. This will be the only time you'll be able to encounter a Pikachu Libre during the season. <sighs> All right, two more bullet points before I spew. Uh -oh. You'll earn more Candy XL than normal when you catch these Pokemon and go Battle League reward encounters. Poliwhirl, Flaffy, Pupitar, Metachamp, Scraggy, Galvantula, Lampant, and Stunfisk. Stay tuned the for more details. <laughs> hmm? The ones people want XL candy for. Yes. Stay tuned for more. Uh, stay tuned for details on the Go Battle League Cups to be featured in the second half of Season 7. 
So I've talked about this three times now. Multiple seasons. We're on season seven. Pikachu Libre is still the season reward. End of season reward when they said it was going to be a limited season reward back in season like three. So I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just done with this. I'm done with uh, Pikachu Libre is never coming to the 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 core game. Anyone that doesn't rank any of the gets any of the high ranks, you're never going to get to a Pikachu Libre. That doesn't do the grind to get to the max rank. Yeah. And the max rank is I mean, for anyone that's like me, it's it's never going to happen. So it's just too much time. <sighs> when is it going to change? They also mentioned that Pikachu Libre will only be accessible, will only be obtainable as a legend rank reward this season for an entire three month period. So, JMR, I'd take it. I'd take your extra Libre. It'd be dope, actually, if I, you and I need to exchange more gifts with you, if we can get to best buddies and then get lucky, I would be down for the lucky Libre. That would be sweet. One thing I'm kind of surprised they don't have in here is, uh, oh, what's it called? Flying Squirrel. Uh, what's its name? Amolga? Uh, yes. I'm surprised that that's not one of the rewards because that was one of Elsa's main Pokemon. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see... So this was... This was the reference of... I'm confused as to why <clears throat> a gym leader from Black and White is being featured here as a, a gym leader with, like, items and stuff when I'm surprised we're not seeing, like, a Gen 1 gym leader here. Um, as well as this would be the instance in which you would see, like, the Elsas showing up on the map as a trainer to battle. You know who this... would have been a really good legend to kick off this event with? Hmm. Gary Mother Effin Oak. Gary would be amazing. Yeah, the in the season of Legends. Gary Oak, or if you put Red. Yeah. Holy cow. That would be amazing. Like I mean, they are just a random NPC that you can find in Go Battle League. Do you know how crazy that would be? That would be no. Oh, so it would like put match you up with an NPC. Like if you're in Go Battle League and it's like waiting, it could match you up with an NPC. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, I. You say that again. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be nuts. That'd be bonkers. And now I'm bleeding. Ah, oh, what have I done? We've still got one more chunk of information here on the Go Battle League Season 7, so let's bust through the here. Uh, you can look forward to the following cups this season. Great League Remix. The 10 most used Pokemon in Great League will not be allowed in this version of the League. We shall share the list of ineligible Pokemon shortly after the Great League ends on March 15th. We're excited to see which Pokemon will emerge as the rising stars of the Great League Remix. So then, does that mean in the Pokemon... In, in, in GBL in Season 7 in Great League, we can run absolute spice so that the stats completely and totally get messed up that would be something that we would have to come together as a collective to do everybody quick use rank 500 and below yeah uh oh god what's what will be the craziest stuff uh run run ursa ring and run um uh run gyarados and, and run 
<laughs> run ninja ask. Shed ninja. Shed, yeah, run, run shed ninja. The Pokemon that canonically has a 1 HP. G Weezing! <laughs> Galarian Weezing and Galarian Weezing only. Yes, please. Oh, Retro Cup. This cup will be a throwback. Only the first 15 Pokemon types, excluding Dark Steel and Fairy types, will be usable in this cup. The CP limit will be 1,500. So Retro Cup is Dragon Cup? Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Kanto Cup. <laughs> no. That's why I'm upset. People are going to be running ice all over the place. It's probably going to be incredibly RPS. So you'll see steel, you'll see fighters. I mean, we've seen we've seen this kind of meta break down in Sylph cups before. Yeah. So Sylph is see, trying to actively bring people from GBL in, and now GBL is trying to bring Sylph fighters in. Yeah. Retro Cup normal psychics dragons. Yeah. Well, you'll see I mean you'll see ice types. You'll probably see some steel types. Well, steel's not the allowed. fighters. Oh, it's oh. What the what the heck? Um, yeah, so uh, dragons, ice, fighters. I guess normals and psychics. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see some weird normals in there. very vaguely similar to a cup we had last year. Yes. <laughs> this feels like vaguely similar to like two or three different cups we've had. Yeah. Kanto Cup limit for this cup will be 1500 CP. And the only Pokemon with a Pokedex number from 1 to 151 will be allowed. Your rating won't be affected during the Kanto Cup, so feel free to get creative. That's true, Jiggly Dad. Until there's a show six and then or any semblance of interaction with people, it isn't self. Right, but I think your your meta is going to break down into something similar until unless you see content creators or high ranking battlers tweeting out hey this wacky team is getting me massive amounts of wins you're gonna see some core a lot of dragon stuff although people run some wacky stuff already so i don't know i just don't know about it speaking of sylph cups oh that's the the metal analysis you ready for the meta analysis i gotta write down what time it is Meta analysis. There's a lot of this. We are hour and 40 minutes in. Meta analysis. And I push a button. Welcome to the meta analysis. I've pushed the button. We're getting into the Vortex Cup. March 1st to March 31st, 2021. The Vortex Cup. Everyone was like, oh, it's like poison and dark and uh, ice and stuff. It's not types, guys. It's not types. Do you have what it takes to withstand the power of the Vortex? Battle remotely. Remotely? Battle remotely. Join and battle in ranked PvP tournaments throughout the month of March. Find local groups to compete with remotely on sylph.gg slash map. Cost. Free to enter. All ages welcome. Increase your rank. Performance and rank tournaments can increase your global, national, and local leaderboard rank. Rules. Bring your strongest team of six with a max of 1,500 CP. Note, fairy types, legendaries, Umbreon, Metacham, Deoxys, Altaria, Sableye, Galarian, Stunfisk, Swampert, Scrafty, Wobbuffet, 
Lickitung, Machamp, Bastiodon, Bombsnow, Skarmory, Vigoroth, Politoed, Surfetch, Obstacoon, Tropius, Alolan, Marowak, and Megas are not permitted. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Wait, is it actually starting Sunday? Um, it might be. Uh, no, it starts Monday. Ah, Monday, Monday, Monday. Vortex Cup, Silph Arena, March 2021. Get your tickets now. Grave dig. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Watch Grave Digger. Like a hurricane playing in the background. People were imagining the Vortex Cup. Were like, look at the colors. Oh, it's gonna be like ice types and water types and and poisons and darks. And it's like, oh, that's all weird. And it's like, no, it's it's just a ban list with spice. <clears throat> oh, so Vortex Cup. From what I've heard, all it is is spice so i looked at the pv poke rankings and i'm not happy to see zwellius at number two <laughs> let's just put it at that jesse what is your so far opinions on oh god <laughs> there you are here i am what's your thoughts on uh vortex I hope you guys are ready to spend. <laughs> spend? Oh, spend dust? Spend dust and resources. <sighs> yeah, I'm not using Azuelius. This is That's ridiculous. I don't have Azuelius. Uh, Mandibuzz as well. I don't have anything ready for that, so that's not happening. Um, Dragonite's going to be the dragon types. Primeape and Lucario are the two highest fighters on this list. What? What? Lucario resists Valius and resists the other dragons. The people are snorting some stardust here. There's some wax Those stuff. Some heavy spending. Yep, Diggersby is up here only because it gets absolutely cranked stats at level fifty. Um, actually, this isn't even including XL Pokemon. So if we click XL Pokemon, we've got pro uh, Diggersby XL at four. Mudshot, Fire Punch, Earthquake, which sounds absolutely disgusting, and thank goodness I haven't had to actually watch a matchup with Diggers BXL. So you want to know a fun fact? Uh, maybe not. The, the next XL Pokemon is number 69 at Sandshrew. Hey, that's nice. But also, wow, that's really sad. That's, holy cow. Way to go, Diggers B, for just absolutely upsetting the meta, but... That's too bad for. Let me go over down to. Uh, you're right. You're saying sixty nine, Sandshrew, Sandshrew. It's not even. It's not Sand Slash. It's Sandshrew. No, it's Sandshrew. That's what, what I said. What are you doing, Sandshrew? <laughs> you mad lad. You absolute monster. A chunky igloo. I've seen people solo other people in GBL with. Uh, Sandshrews. So, I mean, good for them, but oh, Mandy Buzz. Yeah, Mandy Buzz and Zwellius, two semi semi limited Pokemon. Night Slash Sandshrew. <clears throat> Up at the top. I mean, so you're going to want you're going to want ice for both of those. So, heavy level 50 Sandshrew stud. You need a swole, swole Sandshrew emote. At some point, Swole Shrew. (sighs) 
I don't know. It's like I mean, some of this stuff is pretty repeating. You got Wiz Cash, Dragonair. We've seen in other cups before. Double Legacy Dugong, Mantine, Pelipper, Legendary Toilet Bird. I hate you. Frostlass is making another appearance. Blaziken, Chestnut definitely making a name for itself. I mean, um, when it when it gets, does it even need Frenzy Plant? Does Frenzy Plant nah. edge out edgy, uh, Energy Ball when it gets it? Why don't you uh, pull it up, Chestnut versus Sylph Vortex, and we can run it with the custom move and see what it changes. Uh, 385 wins, 185 losses, and if we swat Energy Ball for Frenzy Plant, just because I'm curious when it gets Frenzy Plant, because Frenzy Plant's going to take a little bit longer to get to, 397 wins, 175 losses. So, so that, it covers its butt a little bit better. Yeah, it kicks up a little bit more. Yeah, Buzz is more limited as you can only hatch. Well, I mean, at this point, Dino and Zuelius are, are limited as well because, I mean, they spawn in the wild, sure, but you still have to trade them to get them at a reasonable IVs. Or if they were, because re if they were researched, then you have to, it's, it's kind of gross. I don't know. I've got Dino that I could trade and try and mirror trade and get a reasonable Great League one, but it's a matter of finding someone else with a number of Dino to trade. And then hoping that you actually get ideal versus worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mandibuzz and Zoelius are two that are still rather limited and things that I really don't enjoy. Like if Dragonite's up at the top, Dragonite Shadow, like I don't care. We've seen Dragonite Shadow up at the top for the longest time. Dratini have been around. Huh? We see these shadows put at the top, but how often do you see them? Yeah, like we've seen. Mandibuzz and Zoelius are, are. I just would love to see less of or to see them become more common as far as like spawns or availability. Yeah. I don't mind seeing Dragonite Shadow up at the top. Diggersby is annoying as an XL Pokemon, but it's from what I can tell, it spawns are often enough that with some hard work you can get a Diggersby XL. This might be the cup I make my Diggersby XL for. I am not gonna touch that cost. Um I mean I'd but good good for me. I've been able to kinda budget the last three cups. Not to mention we had the month off in January. Mm. And I outside of maxing three things out for the level up requirement, I really haven't had much use for my dust otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very odd to see Diggersby basically hit the the pinpoint of the like tip of the spear of great moves, great stats but then capping out low enough that it requires XL, excuse me, or it, it, it uber benefits from, bunny. yeah, it, it, it like takes huge advantage of the XL require or the XL feature at basically just the right time of it coming out. Yep. Um, it's so weird to see it basically hit all of these points, meet all of these things in the middle. I mean, it's kind um, of what perform. was with Stunfisk when both of them came out and we even talked to it about it before it came out. Yeah, because it's it's move set, it's eligible move set within the main series games was fantastic. Its stat pool was great, and it just so happened to be 
it just fits into the right spot. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting the next couple of generations of Pokemon. Like if we if I really wanted to, I could dive into the stats pages of the po- upcoming Pokemon and point out, okay, this Pokemon's gonna be very good. This Pokemon's gonna be very good. And that you know specific leagues. Yeah. I mean you can well, you I don't know if you would know where specific leagues it would most things would benefit for unless you run it through the CP calculations. Um, but just looking at what has huge stats in HP and defense and then looking for the right typing combos and the right move sets, the right potential move sets and seeing where things are going to basically hit the sweet spot of, of everything. So like Diggersby, I don't, is that a common thing to run into in battles? Like, are people going to be running it? Yeah, are people going to be running Diggersby? I think out of the three tournaments that I've played this month, I've seen three people use them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So not in a the lot. Past, it's, not, it's not something I see everyone run. Uh-huh. But that also, it also depicts on how essential that pick is. For this cup, the crew in the Twitch chat. How often do you guys see Diggersby and Diggersby XL? Like, I'm I'm really curious to see because it's not an uncommon spawn. Its availability is there. You can't tell if it's XL or not on your battling screen. Right. Well, yes. I mean, but how often do you see like Diggersby? Um, like I've got several Diggersby that are the right stat combos, but like I don't have the candy or XL candy for them nor do I feel the need to put in the Stardust for it. But I'm really curious to see it. Like, what is the community's, what is the PvP community's, like, response and drive to use something that... Diggersby has shown up in the top, like, 10, 15 of multiple Silphorina metas at this point, and its moveset is good enough to be seen in GBL as well. So... JMR does make a good point. You don't have to use an XL. You can use a level 40, mm-hmm. and it can still perform, obviously, because it's rank 11. <laughs> yeah, a rank 4 as the XL and a rank 11 as, rank, as a level 40. So so with that small of a gap, I, I don't want to say it's a pivot pick, but I feel like this might be the cup we see more. Yeah. With it being that high for both forms, yeah, it's got some great wins here. As well as Gilvangela, Snorlax. Not a great win against Snorlax. Not a huge win against Swellius either. Um, but impressively enough, like its type, its types, or its, its moveset and its type don't give it the advantage against Swellius, and yet it pulls out the win here. Just because of its bulk. Mm hmm. Um, Galvantula and Raichu make sense here. And then Shadow Dragonair pulling out a win against Shadow Dragonair is a really interesting one, too. Um, and then the key losses. Yeah, the key losses are interesting in that they're all still in the one shield scenario, still wins. Like it wins against Lucario with the, or it has a 519 battle ranking against Lucario. It's like, darn near close to tie and depending on how like a bait scenario and shield availability yeah because like, like even a can, 
counter power up punch Lucario is really going to burn it down. Because mm-hmm. Diggersby is a normal ground. Yep. So it's still weak to that fighting. But both of Diggersby's moves are super effective to Lucario as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a weird. That's such a weird mon. I just don't know. I I'm really curious to see once the first uh, honestly the first few days of March to see where Diggersby is in the usage percentage. Yeah. So it it's got answers to its ice counters, and it does enough damage to its fighting counters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it bulks it bulks out bulks the fighters. Yeah, it's and it's spammy with mud shot. Mud shot fire punch is going to be it's going to be quick. So Yeah. I think it's something people should be prepared for, but I don't think it's something that should make or break your team comp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I definitely see there's there's way too much here with your ice and your fighting are going to be key to your water is always going to be here. Unless water is banned, your water is going to be here. Um, it's going to be up in the top. Water is banned. Huh? Have we seen a cup where water is banned? Specifically? I can't think of one. No. Um, it's too diverse. Yeah. So Mandibuzz and Zvelius, an easy counter for both. You're going to be looking for is a solid ice type. Um, I mean, Dragonite Shadow as well. Diggers BXL. An ice type will benefit you here too. Um, your fighters, you're gonna run a water. This feels a lot more solid of a. I don't want to say RPS because there's gonna be some that sort of blend, blur some lines between wins losses and and hard rock paper scissoring. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's not gonna be as hard, so you could probably find a nice, a nice generalist lead. Where you're gonna, yep. not going to be at countered as hard, um, but this so definitely my feels. My one problem that we haven't talked about with this cup yet: uh-huh. mythical are allowed. Where is the the first mythical that shows up on this list, though? Mew. Where is Mew? Scroll down a little bit more. Scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. It comes in at fifty. Melt metal. There's melt metal. Where's melt metal? Scroll up a little oh, bit. Oh, 38. Well, I mean, Mel- okay, so Melmetal's one that you and I have talked about before in that, like, it's a mythical, but it's something that we would love to see not as a mythical because <laughs> Melmetal performs in a similar steel, like, steel boy role it, as you see. It's Probo Pass, more or less, but without the rock. <laughs> yeah, you see Probo Pass in a similar boat with um, Probo Pass and Bastidon that Melmetal is in. And it's a tankier version of something like... Um, Magneton or Magnezone. So my problem with the mythicals are that is an imbalanced gameplay mechanic, in my opinion. Because for someone like me, I have a rank 3000 plus Mew. I'm not going to use it. Right, but it's also not rank. It's not like it's rank 10. But Mew is one of those ones that has an incredibly gimmicky mechanic where you have to spend around figuring out what it is. Yeah, I mean, it plays like a wild card. Um, it can really, it can really, I don't know. I was going to. It's a very good fill pick if you have a good one, mm-hmm. because you can basically make it whatever role you want it to be. I mean, if you're willing to spend the resources on it. Yeah. Either spend a tremendous amount of regular TMs or use the elite TMs elite. on it. Yeah. 
But for me, I do not like Mew because it is essentially a gimmick win. Yeah. I mean, you see, what is it, Zwellius and Mandibuzz up at the top. The Dark will counter that Psychic. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, Ice Beam overheat Mew incoming from Jamar. Uh, Ice Beam would help counter the top core. So, yeah, it's just a matter of what's going to get to its moves faster. And can Mew... Is Mew's built with more bulk, isn't it? Not necessarily. I'm going to look at its core stats here. Uh, attack 120.4, defense 120.4, and stamina 127. So, yeah, not not necessarily. If its attack was less, it would be in a better better scenario here. Um, yeah, I, I just... I don't think Mew is going to be as... quite as popular, as big of a threat. No, I don't think it will. It's just... I, I'm not a fan of mythicals because of their limitation. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a good Celebi. That's the only mythical I've got that's under 1,000. Yeah. And, and I just... granted, again, IVs don't make or break a Pokemon, but when it's above 3,000, it kind of does. Yeah. It can lose to things that it really should win. And I only get one of those Mew because we have to wait 30 days to get our shiny. That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't think Mew's going to be as common. Um, and then Celebi's what? Nowhere near on this list. No, it's nowhere on the list. I the see. other mythicals you have are Jirachi and Victini. Uh, and are either you of those search mythical? Ah, yes, that is true. M Y mythical. Melmetal at thirty-eight. Mew at fifty. Genesect at ninety-six. Wow, you know it's a problem if Genesect is higher than Jirachi and Victini and Celebi. Defense Deoxys is banned, so that's honestly the best that that's the best thing to happen here. Genesect at ninety six, Jirachi at one seventeen, Victini at one fifty three, Celebi at two sixteen, and Deoxys speed at five forty five. There is there is no other Deoxys that exists. <laughs> is normal form Deoxys banned then? Yeah, it's a legendary. So then why is Deoxys Speed on this list? I'm surprised that that's on there. Oh, do we not have that in the game yet? I'm going to... Oh, no, no, no. Well, so Deoxys is banned. So the fact that Deoxys Speed is on the list is probably an error. <laughs> PB Poke, we found a glitch. It's, that's an oopsie. That's no, an we oopsie. Do have, is it at the, we do have Speed in the game. Is it at the very bottom? No. Cranidos is the very bottom. <laughs> slacking at 571. <laughs> you know it. it's bad when you're worse than slacking. <laughs> Run it, I dare you. Uh, no, well, no. Slacking is at the second to... Cranidos and slacking are the, the last two. Um, Cranidos is below slacking. Deoxys speed is very close to the very bottom. So realistically, it shouldn't be on this list at all. But no, it is. But yeah, I think this is going to be a cup that you're really going to have to bunker down and choose your teams wisely. Don't invest quickly. There's a lot of variety to be played here, but I think looking at the top potentials and realizing 
everyone's going to run counters to those top 10. Yes. Yeah. So I would say maybe pick one or two from those and then build the team around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that aren't banned that, like, a number of the top... What is the drop-off here? You get to... Okay, you don't get out of the 80s here in a total score until you get down to 141, Grottle at 141. So realistically, you've got a lot of solid performers here. Um, But your top performers here... that stands out to me in this cup. Berserker. What's its moveset? Remind me. Uh, check it there. It's right there. You went past that a little while ago. I went past a lot of Pokemon a while ago. I've been scrolling all the way up. up. Here we go. I got it. Shadow Claw, Close Combat, Foul Play is the recommended. It's got Metal Claw, <laughs> um, Close Combat, Foul Play, Iron Head, Play Rough. Shadow, wow. Shadow Claw with a Close Combat and Foul Play does give it a really interesting combo. Um, the fact that... But that is a limited spawn, though. Yeah, that is incredibly limited. I love Primate, but those Sims are bait-dependent on landing close combat. Yeah, that's the one thing that a lot of PD poke rankings are rather bait-dependent because it marks they it in the I just don't tell you that. People see these numbers and yeah. think, oh, that just means that these Pokemon are going to be the best. And it's like, no, it's they're performing the best because they do well out of both in and out of bait scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get the shield out, you know, waste a shield on your opponents. It's a big strategy, but it doesn't always work. So, like number 15 here, hit on top. Uh-huh. Just like some of my opponents this last month, it heavily requires you not your opponent to shield. Uh-huh. Because both of those moves are finishing moves. Yeah, close combat at Stone Edge or they're going to take a little while to get to. Even with counter. <clears throat> Yeah, there's some really there's there's going to be some really interesting play, and I've got a feeling there's going to be some very interesting teams as well. Uh, built a team around Zwellius and Steelix came up as a recommendation. I would love to see some more Steelix. Steelix dropped off yeah, hard. Gfis came out. It's just nope. Yeah, I think Steelix comes up because it has the Dragon Tail. Mm. It's an anti dragon that has Dragon Move. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid. That's not. You can also run a Thunderfang as a solid anti-water flying. I that's what I've enjoyed Thunderfang. I'd love it. Does it? Would it get Ice? T- uh, was it Ice Fang in the main series? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. Steelix. Blah, 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 blah. It's your boy. <laughs> Steelix. Gets a mega. That'll be fun. I'm excited for that. Amar, I last used Steelix in Toxic Cup, question mark? Yeah, back, like, honestly, last season, like, mid-last season. Before G-Fisk was a thing? Yeah. Um, I don't see... It'd be a TM move. Magnet Rise is an electric type. Or no, a breed move. It'd be a breed move. Well, I don't even see... What? I don't even see. Oh nope, it does. So it learns generation, the elemental thing. Generation six level up: Thunderfang, Icefang, Firefang. Yeah, I would know it. 
their base moves for it. Huh. Yeah, I would love to see it with Ice Fang to be able to hard counter the two top level meta picks. Yeah, it would counter both the Mandibuzz and the Zwellius. The Flying and Dragon would both be both be hit here. Yeah, there's some interesting play here. I think it all really it kind of depends on if you pick a dragon up top and then picking a uh, fighter and ice type and then filling out your last three, um, running uh, water, either a grass, maybe running a double fighter or something. Uh, might not be a bad option just because of the the dark, maybe the dark normal and ice type that's going to be around. Maybe double fighter, double ice. Maybe. Yeah, just pick two of the top tens. Pick what you're comfortable with. You know, the same stuff we see every month. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see. Again, very curious to see the first week in, in March and see where Diggersby is and then to see where the rest of the meta is, see what, what sort of splits out here. Here, so Safe pick is always Toxicroak. Toxicroak does a good job. Does what it needs to. Rank 27 with an 87.1 score. It's solid. It's very solid. I don't know if we'll ever see any adjustments to... Oh, wow. Dynamic Punch is a higher higher ranked here. Oh, yeah. That just destroys the ice, steel, and dark. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a... I'm going to put you to night-night move. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it take longer to get to Dynamic Punch, though? Not much longer. Okay. It's about... It's faster than Sludge Bomb. Okay. But not as fast as Mud Bomb. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, Toxicroak. I should probably go back to Toxicroak because it's a solid, solid performer that I've had success with in the past. So, uh, righty, that is that. Jesse, you ready to hop into the community question here? Jesse? Yes. Okay. You're very quiet. Sorry, I, I, I I thought I went yes. Ah, you're you're very quiet. So, <clears throat> sorry. I'll try to be louder. Uh, we are at two minute, two hours, two two minutes, two hours and six minutes in community question. I don't have a bumper for this. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised to see Hypno in this meta either. Jmar Hypno is has performed fantastically and really hasn't hasn't had a real big reason to drop down. So. Um, she can give it focus blast just to poop on those darks. Yeah, Shadow Ball would be very interesting. Is uh is dark good against ghost or is it ghost good against dark? Dark is good against ghost. Okay, I can never I can never remember. <sighs> that whole RPS of psychic ghost poison dark is always confusing to me. Community question. Community question. Our previous community question for per the previous podcast was who are you thankful for and why? Um, we didn't get any responses on the Twitters. Le le tweet, le tweeters. Let me go to the Battle Science Discord and we are going to go to podcast discussion. Remember in last episode where we got raided by trainer tips, trainer tips like at this time last episode? Yep. Good heavens. Um, bowling, bowling bacon. 
It's not, is it bowling for bacon? It's bowling bacon. Bowling bacon. Everyone uh, is thankful for everyone on their college Pokemon Go server. People from all the Pokemon Go communities that they are a part of, their friends, and their family. Um, let's see. And Eric BN responds with, he is thankful for content creators, not just in the Pokemon Go space, but everywhere. During the pandemic, my consumption of different content has increased exponentially from where it was in 2019, and I'm thankful that there are creators out there who put out quality content on a consistent basis. Some of those people include Alphandal on Twitch, Call Me Chris, Mechris, Call, Call Me Chris on TikTok, and a small little podcast called Battle Science. Uh, number two, I'm thankful for my Pogo friends like Sarah Mo, Techno uh, Mensch, and Amy413 for being good raid friends, PvP sparring partners, but most importantly, putting up with me asking for weird lucky trades and or special trades like Alolan Sandshrew, Purified Sableye, and Purified Wobbuffet. And then number three, I'm thankful for my sister. She's the only family member who lives near me and therefore is the only one I've seen since the pandemic started. <coughs> What did Jiggly Dad do? There I go again, breaking the rules. Don't you know Twitter's for bitching and moaning, not showing gratitude? Oh. Oh, I see. One per episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the who are you thankful for and why, and I'm like, yeah, we could bring this back. We should bring this back in, what is it, uh, November for, for Thanksgiving? Um. Oh goodness gracious! Who? I don't know if I answered. Jesse, did you answer the question last week? Who you who we were yeah. thankful for? Yeah. Did did I answer the question? I don't remember if I did. No. Okay. Because I'm usually pretty terrible about like a half answering the questions. Um. Goodness gracious! I mean, there's a number of people that have like sort of put up with me, but I also like thank you, Jesse, for for you know, putting up with me and my shenanigans and my not fantastic amount of communicate communication. There are a lot of I things. Have a that... few more gray hairs because of people like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine I'm not the worst at, at this. Um, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Um, I mean, I'm thankful that I still, I was able to get a job during this um i a buddy of mine from college needed uh needed some extra help so i was able to able to to get a another job after leaving my my theater job of six and a half years six and a half seven years so um goodness gracious i mean i'm also i would say i'm thankful for content creators as well the the biggest one is kind of funny not only for inspiring helping inspire me to do this podcast and being the, I mean if you don't listen to any of kind of funny stuff and you're you want to get into some gaming or um gaming or movies or what have you the kind of funny's got a lot of uh a lot of content out there um I mean heck they're minority owners or uh, they're they're part owners of a football team for gosh diddly darn sake. Um so if you like sports go follow them for the fan controlled football league. Like it's absolutely insane. They have their fingers in so many different pies. Um but the amount of like conversations they've had about 
being creators and talking to other content creators and people within the gaming sphere and and some of their friends that have done all of these different pieces of content there's always like little nuggets that i try to listen out for for you know advice or or what have you um and listening to how other people sort of approach content creation and the sort of the feed like not only how they approach content creation how they approach the communities that they deal with and how they personally handle doing all of the you know how how do you how do you have a life outside of content creation what are what are all of these like i mean i battle science is as you know minute as it is it's not you know, I wouldn't say it's it's nowhere near a full time job, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but how to you know how to balance things? And there's always there's always little nuggets in any of the the interviews they do, any of the guests they have. Um, kind of funny is huge as far as the amount of content um, content that I I consume, and I'm thankful that they're still putting out content, and they were able to adjust when when COVID happened to to continue to put out content. And I'm you know honestly kind of took it there you know remote the benefit is we can do a discord conversation and record both ends or we don't even, we don't record both ends i record on my end you know jesse and we're still able to put a podcast out and it's not all that hard and i mean thankful thankfully technology is as far as it is that we're able to do as much stuff as we are within everything going on it's quite impressive so uh and then honestly i would say i would honestly say i'm pretty thankful that pokemon go is still existing amongst everything else i mean capitalism and money will continue to be a thing even when most of the world's population is suffering from uh, major trauma of the both physical physical economic and psychological effects of a global pandemic uh, money's still going to be money and people are still going to want more money. So, I mean, Niantic is still putting out Pokemon Go content and still wants Pokemon Go to be a thing, um, not only on a content side, but on a monetary side, I can understand. And I guess I'm thankful that, you know, it's still earning the money. So it's a thing that still exists. So it's still a, a game that, that can be played. So <sighs> I guess that's my answer of things I'm thankful for. Um, and then, I mean, on a more recent note, the MCU is back with WandaVision and holy cow, is that amazing? I won't spoil anything, but to just get Marvel content again is wild. So I'm rewatching the old Avengers films and stuff and it's just crazy. It's crazy to think that we didn't have a Marvel movie. We didn't have a Marvel movie since like January of 2010. What was it? 2020? 2019? No, we had Spider-Man Far From Home. When was Spider-Man Far From Home? Twenty nineteen. Let's see. July second, twenty nineteen. We have not had. We have not had a Marvel movie since then, and so to continue to get like Black Widow was supposed to come out. Black Widow was supposed to come out like mid-year last year 
we haven't had anything. And then to get WandaVision is so bizarre to be able to get, you know, additional Marvel content and to, to get back into that is so weird. It's mm. like so cool. So, uh, all right. So what's our, our community question for this week? Jesse, do you got to hear everyone's opinion, good or bad or both of their experience for Pokemon go to or Kanto. I think you got you... to hear ours. I want to, I would like to hear everyone else's opinion. I want to hear your experiences. I want both the good, the bad, and the ugly. Both the good, the bad, and the ugly, or all three of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Okay. the The weird, the weird. Uh, it's not three amigos. It's um, three musketeers. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I would like to just hear how everyone else experienced the event. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What would you have? What What did you like? What didn't you like? And what would you like to have happen next time or see changed? Mm-hmm. If we are some way to reach out to the community, I would love to hear back from those of you who are here on the Twitch chat, from those of you who are listening to the podcast recording, email, Twitter, Discord, however you want to contact us. I almost threw out my email, but I'm not going to do that. I would love to hear back on your experiences for the Canto Tour so that we can talk about it next week. Yes. Or in two weeks. I actually would be very curious to listen to anyone. I I imagine most of the people that listen to this bought the ticket to the Kanto event, but I would love to hear thoughts of people that hadn't bought the ticket because I'm not in, I I'm still not a hundred percent sure what all content people that didn't buy the ticket were, were able to get. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really curious. I would be really curious to see what the thoughts yeah, were for people that in the question either if you did or did not buy a ticket let us know yeah and your experience all right as you sit here on the stream and luke pincer getting <laughs> shot through the shot with shot through the heart with an arrow in the most moe expression possible <laughs> oh, excuse me all right well the taco time is coming that feel like a good enough community question for you i would say that's a solid community question the taco time is coming back to haunt me. Oh, um, bonus, bonus. Give me some air horns. I'll take it this time. Okay. Give me some air horns. In light of recent events and being brought to my nostalgia, back to my nostalgia of red and blue, starting this week, I am going to be doing a Nuzlocke of Fire Red, the original Pokemon Fire Red. It is going to be a casual Nuzlocke, core rules. I don't have a date yet. I'm going to try to start sometime this week. Maybe make it a thing for Fridays, Fire Red Fridays. We'll see. But I'm going to do a a Fire Red Pokemon Nuzlocke challenge. Nice. So stay tuned. Follow us on our media for that. Socials. Stay tuned. Give us a subscribe here on Twitter or on Twitch. And let's 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 have some fun. I, I want to try and do my best, but I know people want to see me fail. <laughs> 
I think you do. I think you'll do all right. I'll try to keep. Uh, I'll try to keep watching that even if I'm working. So, um, I will submit. Shenanigans one two. I will submit requests for Pokemon's names. I actually need. I to... did. I did add that back into the rewards option for the uh, channel points. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you guys want to get in touch with us, we're at battle underscore science on Twitter. You can catch us out on the Battle Science Discord. It is open to everyone. You can reach us at a, was it battlescience.podcast at gmail.com. I completely and totally spaced. I apologize. I was getting goofy with the intro. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon producer, of Winston the Champ. Thank you, Winston, for being our podcast producer on Patreon. If you want to support us financially in a way that matters, you can go to patreon.com slash battlescience and back us at the dollar tier or more to get access to the Battle Science After Dark podcast, which is a Patreon exclusive, and access to the podcasts in podcast formats several days before they go live. Um, Twitch dot tv slash battle science if you want to catch us live go to the youtubes and search up battle science if you want to help us out there we're still looking to get the 100 subscribers so that we can get youtube.com slash battle science the portland mega promote that during my gameplays yes the portland mega is up on youtube with its poor audio quality uh or it's 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 roboting audio quality and all um, is up uh what, what was it a four six hour long video six plus hour long video of the portland mega with timestamps of each round is up go watch that we've gotten i think it's probably our most viewed video at this point make um, that an episodic thing don't do it all at once like i did yeah watch it watch it in chunks Watch as I type in battle science and I don't get battle science. Science wars, science, uh, ASAP science, other stuff. And then a battle science podcast, January 29th, Labyrinth Explorers is like the fifth, the fifth video. We have 21 views on the Portland Battle Tower. We have 17 subscribers. We need uh, 83 more, 83 more subscribers on YouTube so we can get youtube.com slash battle science um, that would be amazing the podcast goes up goal. huh let's make it a year goal a year goal by the end of 2021 yeah to have 100 100 youtube subscribers okay so the youtube the vod of the podcasts go up there so if you want the visual visual guides of what we're looking at you can go to the youtube.com uh slash a very long list of letters and numbers uh, youtube.com slash channel slash capital uc1 lowercase b www dash zero lowercase p uppercase c uppercase f lowercase d lowercase q uppercase t lowercase c lowercase e uppercase k uppercase k three seven lowercase a uppercase d uppercase a if you want to go to the battle science page um help us make it easier so that we can just say youtube.com slash battle science um are you just laughing over there okay mike's having a hard time picking that up dude <laughs> 
Alrighty, let's see the uh the Patreons, the Twitters, the emails, the Twitch podcast services around the globe. Oh, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, anything, please feel free to hit us up. We will do our best to address any issues or answer any questions. Uh, that's a transformer noise. If you'd like that, um, you know what? One one last time as we as we end the episode, um, Jesse, are you excited for? The Great League Remix. We'll catch you guys out there on the battlefield. Thank you, everybody, for listening.